Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio, aimed at helping you live an enjoyable, fit, and healthy life in and around our community of Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is your host, Dr. John Mark Chesney. Guys, I'm uh, super excited to have on the show today, Dr. Lee Martin. Lee Martin, he's a professor of practice in UT College of Engineering, directing the minor in engineering entrepreneurship, and also a published author. He holds 20 U.S. patents and technologies related to telepresence, remote imagery, and battery charge sensing. He's received various awards and recognition for his research and development and innovation in the field of engineering, telerobotics, and imaging. Uh, he serves as the vice chairman of the Board of Global Media Outreach, um, an organization that has utilized the internet to present the gospel worldwide over uh, 1.5 billion times um, in the last decade. He also serves his local community as the president of the Trinity Health Foundation of East Tennessee. Uh, Lee enjoys playing tennis and pickleball. He has been interviewed, I understand, at various times, mostly related to his background in engineering and innovation. Uh, but today we are going to be talking about all things um, pickleball. So Lee is a trusted expert in uh, pickleball. He's a coach. He's a mentor, a teacher. He's actually certified as a professional pickleball uh, registry, as well as the reigning champion for the age division of 60 to 64 in East Tennessee. He has lived in the area for a while, a long time, has three children and two recent grandchildren, and also uh, his wife, um, Carla, here in the area. So super excited about talking about pickleball, Lee. Welcome to Stay Healthy Knoxville. Well, it's just great to be here, Dr. Chesney. You mind if I just call you John Mark? Is That's that okay? Fine. And you're good with Lee as well? <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Happy to do that. I know we've had some conversation about pickleball and uh, assisted you with some injuries to keeping you on the courts and have enjoyed doing that and would be interested in hearing how you got started, how you even were um, introduced to the sport of pickleball. Well, John Mark, I had a buddy, Doug Harris, who uh, one afternoon said, why don't you come out and try a new game? He knew I was a, a tennis player. I'd been a tennis player for about 50 years at the time. And we went out to some public courts. We got the balls, started playing. He taught me the some of the basics of the rules and how to serve and took to it. And it was just a lot of fun. Hmm. And after that, I got in with a group at uh, Fort Sanders Health and Fitness Center that played a couple of times a week. And we just all kind of got a little bit better together each day. And a gentleman came to town who was a, a, a national seniors champion. And we had a four-hour seminar with this fellow. And at that four-hour seminar, it just took my game to an entirely new level. The gentleman's name was Scott Moore. He has won the seniors gold nationally about six times. And what he, a couple of things that Scott Moore said that really appealed to my, my psyche was, one, he says, when I'm playing a pickleball tournament, everybody I'm playing against is playing pickleball. And I'm playing chess. And that, in a nutshell, describes the game of pickleball. Mm -hmm. It is extremely strategic. I can play tennis, and a youngster who is uh, much stronger than me can serve and volley, and the points are over really quick, and it's just not close. I can take that same serve and volley or in pickleball and strategically work them, outthink them, and uh, the skill level is, is matched by the thought level. 
And I really liked that game because of it. So how long ago was it that you were introduced to the sport? It was summer four years ago. And uh, then about three years ago, got in that with that group at Fort Sanders and uh, enjoyed Scott Moore's seminar. And ever since then, been playing about three or four times a week. Uh, now I'm probably playing more like six times a week. I was um, thinking back when I was first introduced to the sport and introduced, I, I haven't played yet. I know we've talked about you getting me out on the court yeah. and I want to take you up on that offer soon to to play for myself. But um, it was probably about four years ago myself. I had a patient uh, I was practicing down in uh, Chattanooga. And um, this funny story, he is uh, an Asian guy and he was, um, he's probably around 60 and he came in, he had an, an injury and um, he had an Asian accent. So he was describing the sport, which I thought he was um, talking about playing pickup basketball because because but he would just refer to it as slang and you know pick a ball and so it, it was a number, a number of treatments that i saw him and he was you know he's he was describing the sport and i was like something doesn't quite make sense it doesn't sound like he's describing basketball and he would just kept on calling pick a ball after a while i was like tell me a little bit more about this it's not basketball is it and he's like no 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 it's you know we got a racket and 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 i was like i've um, I never heard of it. So he introduced me to the sport um, as far as at least telling me about it. And then it seemed like after that, I just started hearing about it like very regularly with um, with patients and clients and yeah, around that time. But it's evidently it's been around for a while. It's been around for about 50 to 60 years. But uh, as of two years ago, according to CBS and ABC, it was the fastest growing sport in America. Yeah. So uh, it is growing rapidly here the last five years or so. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, it is a quick sport to learn. If you have played ping pong, if you played paddle ball, racquetball, tennis, any kind of hand-eye coordination type of game, it mixes pieces of all of that together. And unlike tennis, where the serve can take you years to master, mm -hmm. that overhead and the uh, timing, the use of the, the shoulders and the body, pickleball's got an underhand serve. And you never ace anybody. You're just simply putting the ball in play. So I can take somebody that's bold or throwing a softball underhand, and in about five minutes, they know how to serve. Now, you can't do that in tennis. And, and from there, you begin to teach them how to return the serve, how to volley, uh, this, this piece called the non-volley zone, which adds some strategy into the game, and people just liven up to it. I don't know if, if you played a lot of ping pong as a kid, but I did. And I could remember the whole neighborhood coming over about 8.30 in the morning, and we were playing ping pong all day till like 5 o'clock. Pickleball's kind of like that. You move and you exercise like tennis in that it really works up a sweat. But unlike tennis, you seldom get to a full sprint. In tennis, you'll get to a full sprint, four or five steps there, and you'll work back and forth. In pickleball, the points are much longer. A good tennis point, you might hit the ball four or five times. A good pickleball point, you're just starting at hitting the ball four or five times. You may hit the ball 10 or 15 times, but every shot requires you to get your balance, get your squat down. You have to get, get down to get those balls because they don't bounce very high. And it really is a very healthy workout. So it sounds like you um, took to it pretty quickly. Like you played, you were introduced to it and you're like, man, I really... I really like this. Well, I frustrated my buddy because I beat him the first day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. But but anyway, uh, yeah, I took to it 
pretty quickly. Were there other things you mentioned, you know, comparing it to tennis a little bit? Because most of your experience have been playing a lot of tennis, but how you could play somebody who maybe like in tennis could overpower you uh, because of strength and their serve or their volley and they could, you know, overpower where you put a, put you on a pickleball court and it kind of takes away that advantage, if you will. Yes. Pickleball actually incorporates pieces of a lot of racket sports. First of all, it has a feel of ping pong. The The size of the paddle is it's very much like a ping pong paddle, a little bit bigger. It's played on a court that has the dimensions of badminton. It's scored like volleyball. You only score when you win on a serve. It has ground strokes like tennis and volleying like tennis. It uses a ball that's a wiffle ball, a plastic ball. Okay. And, and that brings another interesting aspect of the game. In tennis, it's really not kosher to hit a tennis ball at somebody. Okay, you can, you can hurt them. In pickleball, you're hitting the pickleball at them all the time. It's almost like hitting them with a ping pong ball, and uh, there's a lot of laughs about it. But one of the challenges, if you hit it at somebody, if they've got quick reflexes, it may come back faster at you than you knew what, what, what happened. So there's some risk involved, but it's not physical risk in hitting the ball at somebody, which makes it a lot of fun. So you've been playing for about four years um, and started playing what more competitive, played in some tournaments. Um, and then I, I understand that you've recently opened a center, if you will, a, a, an indoor facility. Yeah, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur, and this is a an exciting adventure to try to figure out if Knoxville will support and sustain an indoor pickleball facility. There are no dedicated indoor pickleball facilities in, in East Tennessee. And when I say dedicated, people will roll out a temporary net on a gym floor and tape lines, or people will roll out a temporary net on a tennis court a couple hours a day. So there, there are indoor facilities, sure. but they're two or three hours a day and you don't know what's, what's happening. This is a 24 hour day facility. And it is totally dedicated to pickleball. There's only one other one in the southeast that I know of, and that is the House of Pickleball over in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I learned a lot from that gentleman on how to uh, design, set up, and, and get the courts to go. Would be interested in even hearing how the story transpired as far as you, it sounded like you saw a potential need or an opportunity, if you will, as far as this indoor facility and, and just, yeah, take us on that, that journey. Well, John Mark, my motivation is a little bit different. I'm calling this my third season. Okay. My first season was the Oak Ridge National Laboratory and starting a company called IPICS. My second season was trying to transfer that knowledge to the University of Tennessee to students. And uh, I've done that the last 14 years, and this is going to be my last semester in the classroom. So last year, I started planning for what's what's kind of next, because I'm not a retirement type of guy. Mm -hmm. I, I want to stay engaged, but I want to stay engaged in something that creates community, creates health, and, uh, and enjoyment. Sure. So that's that was the motivation for this. So there's a significant amount of capital involved to make this wonderful facility happen. But it's also going to be a joyful endeavor for me to expose this great game to the people of East Tennessee. As you've played in the community, have you seen, you know, over the past four years, have you seen interest growing? Oh, there is a, a growing interest. Uh, there's more public courts being put in. Even, even Farragut is in the process of building, I believe, six courts down on um, McPhee, McPhee. McPhee Park. Mm -hmm. You've got uh, six courts at West Hills. And if you go there on Saturday mornings, you're going to wait. You're going to wait a, an hour or two hours. The other thing about pickleball is that uh, the ball is lightweight. It's pretty susceptible to the wind, can't play in the rain. So uh, this desire to create a 24-hour a facility where you know you've got a court, 
and you know you got an opportunity to play is part of the draw of what we're up to. So it just recently opened. Yes. We are actually in the uh, 17th, 18th day of, of operations. Okay. And uh, for our listeners, tell them a little bit where it's located. Sure. We did this in cooperation with the Cedar Bluff Racquet Club, which is off of Cedar Bluff Road right behind uh, Catholic High School. And so Cedar Bluff put the land in. I put the facility together. We thought that it's a great age-out game for, for some of their tennis players. So that gives us a base. We've got the parking lot, and, and that you know was not what we had to build. So it's right there with the Cedar Bluff Racket Club off of uh, Fox Lonis Road mm-hmm. and Racket Club Way. If somebody was interested in hearing a little bit more about the center, the name of it is? The Pavilion of Pickleball. Okay. So if they go on Google and search the Pavilion of Pickleball, will be the number one hit right there. And uh, pavilionofpickleball.com or just search Pavilion of Pickleball, you'll find it. And we go for the short, which is pop. Pop. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Lee's wearing a pop shirt right now. So um, if uh, you could probably get one for yourself, if you're listening, I'm sure they have options there on the website. There you go. Uh, to support um, the local pop. There, there you go. I've got an agenda there. I just had two grandkids and uh, they, they call me, <laughs> uh, they will call me pop. And so they're going to think as they grow up that there was a sports facility named after Named me. after you. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so with this, you know, the indoor piece of it is unique as far as because it just provides um, protection against elements, right? So you can play all year round. What else about pop is, is different than maybe other places playing around town? Sure. There's several things about the physical plant that are interesting. There's also some things about the virtual approach that we took. The physical side, we've got cushion courts. There's uh, seven layers of court surface. Five of them are cushion, two of them are color. And what that does is it really makes it nicer on your knees and your ankles. We want young people to play, older people to play. We want people that haven't exercised like this in a long time. And this allows people to come out and feel good after they've played. We use high-intensity, high-efficiency LED indirect lighting so that uh, you don't have any glare in the facility. It's very bright, looks good. We have uh, garage doors on every one of the courts. That's why we call it the pavilion of pickleball. Okay. You can open up and have it be uh, uh, a lot of air coming in there if you if you so want it. We've also built a community room. So uh, we've, we've actually had some ladies that will come in at 9 o'clock, play till 12. They bring a covered dish lunch. They eat for an hour and a half, and then they play bridge all afternoon. <laughs> and they just make a home of it. And I'm going, that's exactly what we want to do. And we have this nice... 30-foot glass door that slides open so that we can do seminars on court, we can teach people, and then they can walk right out there and play. So that's, that's kind of the neat side of the physical plant that we have. On the virtual side, we have an app called Court Reserve. It's an app on your phone. You can go on there any time of the day and find out if there's a court available, if there's an event that's coming up, sign up for it. Everything's done electronically as far as your credit card, et cetera. And one other piece that's an experiment, but uh, seems to be appealing to certain folks, it's a 24-hour facility. You get the the key to the building. We know who's in there because of the key to the building, and we have security system. But it's like we can operate it like a 24-hour gym. So if if, uh, you work during the day and just can't play during the day, you can come at 9 o'clock and play all night. And you can just reserve the time that you want. You know that it's going to be available. Well, during peak hours, which is 8 in the morning to 9 at night, you can reserve your time. Nine o'clock to night to eight o'clock in the morning, it's just to come. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't had a run on the courts, you know, at that at that time. Sure. And then um, if somebody was interested in getting started, is um, is it just a, like a monthly membership or how does that work? There is a monthly membership fee, depending on whether or not you're a member of Cedar Bluff Bracket Club. And then there are court fees for during our peak hours during the day. Okay. And we also have the opportunity for what's called a block time. And a block time is where a member or non-member or a company says, hey, I want to learn this game and I want to play every Tuesday night at six o'clock. And so you buy 13 weeks for 12 weeks fee, uh, Baker's dozen. Sure. And uh, we're starting those October through December. So uh, the block time just lets us get groups together that uh, will have their own game each week. And there's so many courts? We've got four courts currently, all indoor. And our intention is to build outdoor courts as we get our membership built up. And, you know, I'm not going to give a time frame on that, but sure. the, the day will come when we'll have outdoor courts or two. Is there a specific kind of grand vision, if you will, like if, if everything's going according to plan as far as having interest, having growing membership? Is there an overall, overall like grand vision on what you want it to be? Oh, yeah. I want it to be the place for community for pickleball in, in East Tennessee, uh, hosting tournaments, uh, teaching people, and just getting them involved in this game. Thank you, Lee. We're going to uh, take a break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then come back to the second half of um, the episode. And we're going to talk a little bit more specific about pickleball, some things about the game, especially for beginners or newbies on um, things that you should know about getting started. Stay Healthy Knoxville is sponsored by Simply Physio, a physio clinic that equips and empowers you to live your life to the fullest so that you can enjoy the things you love to do and be the person you are made to be. Simply Physio specializes in helping people get back to a healthy and active lifestyle, living free from pain and medication and avoiding unnecessary surgery. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a special gift from Simply Physio and enjoy listening to the rest of the episode. Welcome back to the show. So um, we're transitioning just a bit to um, going over some questions, some Q&A about getting started with pickleball. So the first question, probably the question, uh, Lee, that you get asked um, the most is how in the world did pickleball get its name? Well, there was a family up in Washington State that uh, used to go on vacation together and they invented this game. They, They invented the beginning of this game. And what they did is they stole the dog's wiffle ball. And it was Pickles Ball. So Pickleball is named after the dog's ball. At least that's the best of what I've been able to find. Yeah, that's uh, a similar story that I heard about some dog named Pickle. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which calls into question, like, why would you name a dog Pickle? Well, well sure. And uh, it also, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's also part of the problem with the game because people go, uh, who would play a game named Pickleball? <laughs> right. you know, can you take yourself seriously? And, and that's part of the fun. Because people that play this game don't take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. You're out there hitting a wiffle ball. It's called pickleball, and it's on a little court. And from the outside in, it looks silly. But from the inside out, it's massively strategic. So who is pickleball for? Honestly, pickleball is for everybody. I would say anybody six and above. you got to be about six years old to just have enough strength and coordination to hit the thing. But it is appealing to a broad uh, number of millennials because you can pick up the game and play it quickly and have a lot of fun. And it's really appealing also to to some of the seniors because it's getting them active in ways that they haven't been active in years. And so we talked about um, on the break a little bit comparing it to, you know, there's a few different other racket sports. So we've talked about tennis a little bit, uh, but one we haven't is um, comparing it to racquetball. 
Mm-hmm. So somebody who's maybe played some racquetball, uh, what's what's um, the difference between pickleball and racquetball for somebody who has more experience in, in, in uh, racquetball? Well, a lot of the strokes are similar as far as the way that you hold the, the racket, the paddle, and the way that you strike the ball. Uh, racquetball, of course, the really good players hit it very, very close to the the floor, sure. uh, the wall floor interface there, and they get rollouts. So uh, that, and there's so many angles too, as far as bouncing it off the side walls. Pickleball's straight across the net, and but a lot of the uh, ability to anticipate, the ability to swing forehand, backhand, et cetera, are very, very similar between pickleball and racquetball. The thing that pickleball brings in for both tennis and racquetball players is the touch game. It's called the dink game. And you got to get that dink game if you're going to rise up in the doubles because uh, that's where all of the touch and the strategy comes in. So is it a dink like a volley, if you will, like compared to volley? A, or? a dink is almost like what it sounds like. Okay. You're hitting it very easily, and the ball has a very high apex to get over the net. But it there's this area called the non-volley zone. And that non-volley zone, you can't step into it and hit the ball in the air or you lose the point. So that gives you seven feet to drop the ball over the net so that the receiver is having to hit it up. And when the receiver has to hit it up, they have to hit it with touch so that it barely goes over the net and you get into these rallies. On some of the pro points, they will actually hit the ball over 100 times. They've got guys on the when they're counting the pro points, oh, that mm-hmm. was 139 in that rally. Wow. And it's just back and forth and back and forth until somebody either gets impatient or – just loses their balance a little bit and hits it too high. And the next thing you do is you get to swallow it. <laughs> Great strategic game. But mm-hmm. that's the dink game. So you mentioned that it starts with an underhand serve. Yes. And then so you serve it to your opponent across the net and then the ball can bounce. The ball has to bounce to the receiver. Okay. And there's something called the two bounce rule. The ball has to also bounce back to the server. In tennis, you do the serve and volley. Mm -hmm. I hit a great serve. I rush the net, and I typically can put that next one away. Can't do that in pickleball. It's actually a receive and volley. So I serve. The receiver hits the ball back. Now the receiver is coming to the net because everything after that can be volleyed. So it's called the two-bounce rule. I read about the two-bounce rule, and I would figured it was meant that the ball could bounce twice. But that's not what that means. No, it means the... Receiver has it to let the ball and bounce, forth. and the server has to let the ball Not bounce. Not on the same side. That's right. And after that, it's all fair game. And so there's a zone. Um, it's referred to the, as the kitchen, right? It is referred to as the kitchen. And that's the zone that you can't go into to hit the ball, correct? Uh, not exactly. Okay. Uh, the, the purists call it the non-volley zone, and that explains what it is. You can still go into it. You just have to let it bounce first. Because when the ball bounces, it's not a volley anymore. It's a bounce. But you better get back out of it. So there's a lot of this step in, hit it, step out. Step in, hit it, step out. Step in, hit it. Because if you stay in there, you're fair game for your opponent to just hit it at you because now you got to let it go. You mentioned the scoring is like volleyball. Scoring is very much like volleyball. You only score a point if you were the server. At least that's the way volleyball used to be. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I think that's how it is now. I know there's different, um, you know, whether it be high school or professional, it may change a little bit. But so you have to be serving to score. Yes. And you've got to realize with that two bounce rule, the receiving team has a distinct advantage because they are the first ones to get to the net, which then requires that touch on the serving team to get a dink in so that they can get to the net position too. And then if you lose a point, the next person, the other 
side with serve. Yeah, the, the scoring in doubles gets a little bit complicated, but you lose a point, it's called a side out. If you're playing doubles, you get two sides out before it goes to the other side, but you don't get two serves like in tennis. There's not a double fault. It's always a, uh, you miss it, you're out of luck. And you mentioned doubles uh, versus singles. So when I've seen most I don't know, people playing, it seems to be more doubles. Would, would you agree with that? I do agree with that. And they are completely different games. Is there um, describing, I guess, the difference between the two or if somebody was beginning, would it, is it easier for somebody to start off playing singles or playing doubles? That's a great question. The only reason it's easier to play singles is the scoring. In okay. the doubles, the scoring is confusing. If you think about tennis, when you play doubles in tennis, there's something called the alley. And you've got two alleys that are about three feet wide on both sides. Mm -hmm. There's no alley in pickleball. So when you're playing singles in pickleball, you're covering the entire court, which is approximately 20 feet wide. When you're playing doubles, you're covering 10 feet of the court. So in doubles, you have to hit the ball through me to win a point. In singles, if you're just playing singles, there's a lot of drives around it. Singles is very much like a tennis game. A tennis player can just pick up singles. Running. Yeah. More, more running. coverage of the court and, and such. And more driving. There's little touch in the singles game. Are there any other like basics as far as like rules that would be helpful for somebody to know getting started? Well, for tennis players that are getting started, there's three frustrations they have to get through. The first one is this ball doesn't bounce. In five or 10 minutes, you want to take those tennis players and just have them do the ping pong thing. Bounce, 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 and bounce it on the ground and see, look, it's not going to bounce very much. Mm -hmm. It's okay. The second piece is this paddle's too short. And so the mistakes that they will make is they're hitting ground strokes or maybe an overhead from time to time and they'll whiff it or they'll hit it just off the very edge of the paddle because the paddle is about uh, eight inches shorter than the tennis racket, mm -hmm. eight to eight to 12 inches shorter. It's a solid uh, surface. It's a solid surface. And a lot of your strokes are very similar, but your mind has to accommodate the fact that the, the ball's not bouncing very much and you've got to get to it. All right. So those are the first two frustrations. You get through those in about 30 minutes. The third frustration is this non-volley zone because the tennis players want to just rush the net and crush it. And they go, uh-oh, <laughs> can't do that. So once you get a tennis player past that, and I and you can get past that in about two hours. Okay. And uh, the, the next thing is the scoring is crazy. That's the third hour. And then everything's fun because you're not just so bound up by thinking about everything. Now you're starting to play a game and it's, it's just fun. But, but a ten, I have to say to a tennis player, you got to give me about two and a half hours. And if you give me two and a half hours, you're going to have something you love doing. Sounds like you find it helpful, you know, for somebody to go through some sort of lesson, you'd say a few lessons or like one longer lesson that they can get through the basics and then they're like ready to play. What would you recommend? We're going to do a series of boot camps. And they'll just be three hours from like nine to 12 on a Saturday or two to five on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, you bring four people, eight people, 10 people, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the next thing they know, hey, we're playing this game. So you get it just all, get the rules, get the, get over the fact that the ball doesn't bounce, start playing and scoring and, and understanding the whole thing. And past that, you're on your own. That's one of the things I've heard about, I guess, comparing tennis to pickleball is, um, it's a little easier to get started and to be able to actually play the sports versus um, tennis. You got to hit it further 
and to get it over the net maybe takes a little bit more skill or practice. Would you agree with that as well? Oh, I, I can't make that same claim with tennis. I can't take two and a half hours and have you play in the game. Right. All right. You know, in two and a half hours, the ball's still going everywhere. Yeah. We do have a couple of people associated with us at the Pavilion of Pickleball that are superb pickleball players. One, we call them our ambassadors. One is Chris Cargus. She is a, a pro now. She has just declared pro about six months ago and has a massive two-handed backhand that she's brought from tennis. Uh, many years ago, she was the female tennis coach at Purdue University, oh, wow. and uh, she has been very, very helpful to us in getting things started. We also have a, a gentleman named uh, Ty Petty, and Ty, when he was a junior, was top 10 ping pong in the United States as a junior. <laughs> Uh, he's about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, extremely quick, and he's got levels of play that I haven't even seen yet. You know, he just <laughs> he plays real nice with us, but uh, it's just amazing to see somebody that's as agile and as and as tall as he is with reflexes that are just incredible. So it's fun to watch these folks, and that that's just part of it. You can always continue to get better, but after those two and a half to three hours, you're already playing, having fun, and you're getting it. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned um, going pro, and just remind me of you know with tennis, and I, f- I forget the term. I'm not a um, a real tennis player, but um, you're given like a great right or a level uh, whatever term it is is there something similar in pickleball like if you're playing people out of similar skill level that you're given kind of a grade if you will they are very similar to tennis ratings okay they right. go from 2-0 which is a beginner to uh, 5-0 which is a, a very very skilled amateur and above 5-0 uh, professional is professional Okay. At least that's where it is right now. It's starting to change a little bit. They're going up 5-5-6-0. But uh, 2-0-2-5 is a beginner. 3-0-3-5 is an intermediate. 4-0 is a beginning of advanced. And then it just keeps going up after that. And they do that for tournament ratings. Right. So that's probably more important for somebody who wants to compete. Most people that are coming to play, they're at the center, I'd imagine. It's more recreational. Yeah. At the pop, we we... Basically start with beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Yeah. Because you really don't want an advanced person playing a beginner. Sure. It's, it's not fun for either one. But uh, some of the intermediates can hang on the court with the advanced players. So uh, we mix them together. And then you mentioned about the the boot camp. You guys are um, – so there's different ways to get started mm-hmm. um, here locally at the POP. Uh, you have uh, the boot camp um, that's going to be starting up. Um, other option would be to have like a, a private lesson. Sure. We're going to regularly do these boot camps. And uh, our phone number is 865-249-7716 if somebody wants to call and find out when the next one is. Okay. Uh, they'll be very reasonably priced. We're probably talking $20 for three hours of instruction. We'll provide the paddles. We'll provide the balls. We'll provide the instruction. And you have to bring the smiles. Yeah, just bring your bring yourself. That's right. And the right attitude, right, to learn. And so they can call uh, the number uh, you mentioned. Um, is it also on the website? It is on the website. And remind us what the website is again. That's a pavilionofpickleball.com. Okay. Or you can search it on Google as that. Well, is there anything else we've missed as far as anybody uh, who wants, wants to get started with uh, pickleball? We'd, we'd love to introduce them to it. Uh, we are just wanting folks to enjoy this great game. Because I think the other thing that I would say about it that we didn't touch on, this is almost a, an ageless and genderless game. I mean, I'm sitting here 64 years old, and I can take on the 20-year-olds, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, my wife can stay on the court with me and enjoy it because it's not a power game. 
It's a touch game. It's a thought game. It's a reflex game. So uh, women and men can play together. In fact, one of the uh, the championship uh, female doubles teams is a mother-daughter pair where the daughter's 14 years old, the mother is in her mid-30s, and they're beating everybody. <laughs> and you see this diminutive little girl out there with such massive reflexes that nobody can get the ball past her. <laughs> and so it's just really interesting to see how this sport is conceived so that families can play it. And that, if I really had a goal, it's not just to teach Knoxville how to play pickleball. It's to get families out there together sweating and laughing and just exercising and having fun together. Before we um, wrap up, you just mentioned exercising. Could you expect to feel like you've exercised after playing pickleball? Absolutely. And I can give you some specific numbers. I had a, a very nice lady, Kate Watson, who was out the other night. And she said, I just put on my Fitbit before I came and played. It had been on my stand all day. And she played an hour and 15 minutes and she had 5,400 steps. I mean, that's exercise. Yep. You will sweat at this game. Don't think ping pong when you're thinking about exercise in this game. Think think really aggressive tennis. Thanks, Lee. Uh, we like to wrap up the show. I'm asking some questions about um, Knoxville and some of your recommendations. And um, the first question, uh, you've been around Knoxville uh, for a little while, but is there anything on like your bucket list, something that you're hoping to do, wanting to do, maybe you've done before and you'd love to go back and do it again, just to encourage others to get out and explore? One of the fun things around here that's, that's un, unknown pretty much is a place called Stearns, Kentucky. There is a mine up there of an old mining community, and they've rebuilt it. Uh, the, all of the wood is gone, but they've built the infrastructure. And you can take a, a, a railroad in, banjo picker through the tunnels to the, the old place where you know I owe my soul to the company store because <laughs> there was no way in and no way out, just the mining community. It's kind of a nice little area uh, up around uh, Rugby, Tennessee which is an, another interesting place that's just an enjoyable afternoon drive up there, grab a little lunch and come back and see where the second sons of, of British wealth were, uh, were housed many, many years ago. So it sounds like it's just right across the, the state line. Um, and then uh, what do you really enjoy if you're thinking about spending some time outside around Knoxville, any place that you would you know go to? Maybe beside, um, we know that it's, it, usually it's going to be on the court, right? Playing tennis sure. or pickleball. But if there was something else that you would go and explore and encourage others. Another little unknown spot is um, Ozone Falls. Now, I don't know if not too many people know about Ozone Falls, but if you go out I-40 headed towards Nashville to the Crab Orchard exit, Backtrack on 70, about four miles, there's a little wayside place called Ozone, and there's a, Sten a Tennessee roadside park called Ozone Falls. You hike, this is part while I like it, you hike about <laughs> 75 yards, okay. okay, and the earth drops off 110 feet. There's no rails, there's no nothing. You can actually sneak up to the, to the edge, get on your belly and look down and see water falling 110 feet. Wow. Another 20-minute hike. We'll take you down to the bottom of it. And it is a place that I've loved so much. I've taken my daughter there every year, once a year, and we just kind of catch up on life. That's become our catch up on life place. You know, mm -hmm. what happened this year? So if you've never been to Ozone Falls, I can almost guarantee pack you a little lunch, pack you a, a, a Gatorade, and you will fall in love with the place. And how far is, is that from? Uh... Uh, from West Knoxville, it's about 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I don't... Um... I consider myself pretty well versed in with um, hikes and things, but 
I think that's a new one for me. I'll have to go check that one out. I would really encourage you to take your family. It's, yep. it's, uh, you can get there, like I say, 40, 45 minutes. Uh, you probably spend an hour and a half there just sure. exploring it. Depending on how much rain that there's been, it can be gushing or it can be a drip, but it's always got water in it. And uh, you can walk all the way underneath it. And if you've never felt 110 feet of water falling on you, it is exhilarating. You can actually walk down under the falls and get in it. Oh, really? Wow. Well, that will be um, top on my list. I'll okay. have to let you know when I go check yeah. it out. Thanks for sharing. All right. Uh, so number three, what's one of your favorite restaurants? There's a little Italian restaurant called Savelli's, which is on Sutherland. It's on Sutherland Avenue. It, it, it's just a nice little place. What's your best tip? Usually I ask for staying healthy, best tip or recommendation. But if we want to steer it towards best tip or recommendation for getting started uh, playing pickleball. Best tip for playing pickleball. Well, you know, I got to put in a little plug for the pop. Come on by. We'll get you started. We will get you started. The uh, the main thing is there's just a couple of rules you got to learn. You just got a little hump to get over, and you get over that hump really, really fast. So if you like racket sports at all, if you want to uh, get a little bit of exercise and things, it's a great sport to get learn to learn. Well, um, remind us on the best place to um, go to get some more information. So you said the website is the Pavilion of Pickleball dot com. The Pavilion of Pickleball dot com. So guys, check it out. It's uh, it's a brand new facility. Uh, study of the arts and a great place to learn the sport of pickleball. Lee, thanks uh, for sharing uh, your wealth of knowledge on the sport and also for bringing this opportunity for people here locally just to enjoy uh, pickleball uh, year round. Well, it's great to be here, John Mark. And I also just want to thank you for uh, many years of keeping me healthy. You know, you've done some amazing things for my calves and my Achilles and, uh, and actually my neck a few times. So uh, those those tweaks and those fixes allow me to live a very active life, and I'm, I'm deeply appreciative of you. Oh, thank you, Lee. And um, we encourage everybody uh, to get out and explore, explore the game of pickleball if you haven't uh, before, and uh, stay healthy, Knoxville. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio. If your pain is preventing you from staying healthy and active and you'd like to avoid surgery, pain medicine, or just want to get back to doing the things you love in and around Knoxville, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the next best steps for resolving it. Find our ebooks online at simplypt.com/health-tips. There you will find ebooks for topics such as neck and shoulder pain, lower back and hip pain, knee pain, and TMJ. These quick-to-read reports will provide you with expert tips, tricks, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit simplypt.com health-tips to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consultations with a doctor of physical therapy to Knoxville area residents. Just call us at 865 351 0615 or visit us at simplypt.com and click the talk to a PT button on the home page to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast.